Good morning, family, brothers and sisters in Christ, whether you're joining us here uh, in the congregation today live, or if you're joining us on the live stream, welcome. And uh, I know what you probably, some of you are probably thinking is, Steve, you've changed something. What is it? Uh, Have you lost height? Maybe about 10 inches off the top. Oh, it's the hair. It's the, it's the beard. That's what it is. No, um, it's, it's, uh, it's my pleasure uh, to be filling in for Steve. It's my honor. Um, under different circumstances, it would be a great, uh, a great pleasure, but uh, the circumstances are uh, a little grimmer than what we would, what we would like. Uh, they had a death in uh, Cheryl's family, uh, if you hadn't known. And uh, I asked him if it was okay to share with, uh, with you and with, uh, with the congregation. He said, yes, please do. And I would like to pray for that. So those of you who uh, know me, uh, most of you know who I am. Um, some of you don't. Those of you on uh, the live stream may not know me other than the guy that plays the guitar up here. Uh, so my name is Brad Bagley. Um, my wife and I, Bonnie, have been married for 33 years. We've been uh, a part of this church family here at Northwest for almost 30 years. Um, we came here, we have five children. Five children, yes, we're, we're brave. <laughs> we have five children. Um, we came here when our oldest, Trevor, who you may have seen back here, he was the uh, diminutive masculine master of skin-covered percussionistic cylinders. <laughs> huh? That's little drummer boy, if you can catch it. <laughs> Trevor's the oldest. We came here when he was just born. And uh, we've been a part of this church family and growing with them for, for quite a while. Uh, what a great many things we have seen God do through this congregation. So uh, I have quite a long intro to the text that we're going to be using today. So if you'll bear with me, but I would like to pray over this service and pray for Stephen Cheryl. Father God, uh, we humble ourselves before you this morning, and we, uh, we ask that you would uh, bless this service, bless the message, as you already have, uh, to reach the, the minds, the hearts, the souls uh, of those that you want reached and called to you. God, we, uh, we praise you for Steve and Cheryl and uh, their service to you, and uh, we ask that you be with them and comfort them in uh, this time of uncertainty and loss. Uh, God, just know that they are showered with love, and uh, let them know that, uh, that they are loved by, by their congregation, their, their church family. Again, be with this service, be with me, use me as a vessel, in Jesus' name, amen. Families are a funny thing, aren't they? I mean, we come in all shapes and sizes and personalities and styles. And I mean, for example, there's, there's some families that you might be familiar with been depicted on television. Um, like we have Ray and Deborah Barone. Does that sound familiar? I mean, everybody loves Raymond. Ray and Deborah Barone. We also have, if you're old enough, uh, 
I'm kind of dating myself here. You have Archie and Edith Bunker from the, uh, from the aptly named TV show All in the Family, right? And then there was Ward and June Cleaver from Leave it to Beaver. Not to mention your own families. They're all different. I suppose the families are as different as the people that make them up, aren't they? Winston Churchill once said, and I'm going to quote, We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields. We shall fight in the hills. End quote. Now, he may have been talking about Allied forces fighting in World War II, right? And I'm no scholar, and, and I'm no certified therapist. <laughs> Although once my brother, my brother Rodney, he told me I could be. Yeah, a certified therapist. Yeah, he said, Brad, you are certifiable. <laughs> you got it after I did. That kind of makes me feel as though Winston was talking about our families. We're going to fight in the fields. We're going to fight on the hills. Family life on earth is a mixed bag, isn't it? It can be one of the most rewarding experiences of your life. And at the same time, it can be one of the most fantastically frustrating times of your life as well, can't it? My guess is we have a vast variety of family life experiences represented here in this congregation today and out there watching us online. Some would say that their family has always been incredibly supportive and affirming to them. Some of you would say that. While others might say that they never felt like they fit in or they never felt like they quite measured up. As Steve would say, Coming up, here comes an all play. This includes everyone. So this morning, I would like to invite everyone, everyone to bring all of your family life experiences and put them on the table. It's a proverbial table. Now, we're not going to put them on. We're not going to wear them as you do sunglasses. Because sunglasses, they, what do they do? They color and they shade the way we look at things, and we want to see clearly. Instead, we're going to take all of our family experiences, our joys, our frustrations, and we're going to lay them at the feet of the Almighty so that the Holy Spirit can help us see them in His light. I just, I, what I'd like to do is, I, I don't want us to necessarily think about our family life experiences. I mean, for instance, if, if your father was like Archie Bunker, I don't want you to think about Archie when the Bible says that God is your father. Or if your family is, is as dysfunctional as the Raymond Barone family, I don't necessarily want you to think of them, the Barone family, when the Bible says you are part of the family of God. Now, these may be some silly examples of, of how we want to look at things, but the problem comes in when we think about God's family from the perspective of our own earthly family. There's a difference. There's a big difference. 
And the Holy Spirit will help us to see what may be a stumbling block to our expectations and hopes of what the church family should look like. In the Christian faith, we view the Bible as the absolute true and infallible word of God. And when we study scripture, we need to ask ourselves two very important questions. One, what truth does this tell me about God, me, the church and or God's will? And two, in light of that reality, what am I to do with it? How am I to respond? Our text today is packed with these uh, truths and realities of what God says is so and what God has done for us. Before we can answer the question of what the church family should be, we first need to open our hearts and our minds and wrap our brains around these truths and these realities. So let's uh, let's dig into the text and we're going to uncover four truths in this text. The text is Ephesians 1. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Ephesians 1. We're going to be reading verse 3 through 9. If you don't have your Bibles, shame on you. It's going to be up here. Righty? That's right. Okay, so we're going to read Ephesians 1, 3 through 8. Praise be to God and to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves." In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance to the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. So we're going we're gonna to go through this, uh, this passage of scripture and we're going to draw out uh, what appeared to me in preparation of this, this sermon is four truths of what this scripture says to us. And while I was preparing this, uh, this message, I was thinking about God. A novel idea, right? Think about God while I'm studying scripture. And I thought of how important just the family model is to God. And I mean, God created man, right? But he chose to have us and to populate the earth through a family model, a mother, a father, and a child. And while Jesus was dying on the cross for us, family was in his mind in his last words. When he looked down upon Mary and he said, dear woman, this is your son. And he said to John, this is your mother. He made sure that the family unit stayed functional and said somebody took care of his mother. So the first truth I'd like to see uh, and, and to pull out of this is blessing. 
God blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ because we are united in Christ as Christians. To be united in Christ is just is another way of saying that your heart and your soul are bound to him or that you've received him by faith and that he has taken up a residence in your heart. I have 267 pages here, so. So this, this bond of being united in Christ, this bond happens when we confess our sins and we receive the gift of forgiveness from him. If you've taken that step of faith, then you have entered into a covenant with the Lord and are bound to him, united with Christ. Then the floodgates are opened up so that God's blessings can pour over you. Hallelujah. That's the first truth. God is blessing you, his child, as a believer, whether or not you see it immediately. He's blessing you whether you see it or not. And we should remember that, especially in times when we feel down or alone or like dirt. Remember, God is with us and he is blessing us in a great many ways. The second truth, it's a little bit longer one. The second truth is that you are loved and chosen. Verse 4 says, he chose us before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love. For God loved you and he loved me. And he chose us, his creation, to be his family. How do we know this is really real? That he loves us and that he chose us? Famous, famous scripture, John 3.16. That's what it's all about. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's, if that's not a description of love, I don't know what is. And because God sent... And because Jesus came, we can rest assured that God's love for all of humanity is very, very real. Most everyone here carries uh, varying degrees of emotional wounds. These are uh, events, things that uh, have happened to you throughout your lives. And unfortunately, these wounds are generally dealt to us by the ones we love most. A friend who betrays your trust a parent that made you feel unwanted, a spouse that left. And we carry these wounds and we try to cover them up and we block, try to block them out, but they lurk there as we hold on to them, sometimes totally undermining the very things that God wants us to hear and see. And let me tell you, the messages that these wounds have ingrained on our hearts and our minds, they're not truth. They may have happened, that's true. But the message of them is not true. The wounds can make us ask some of the most desperate questions. Does anybody love me? 
will anyone want me? The answer is a resounding yes. Praise the Lord. God loves you. God chose you. The Lord God of heaven and earth has had you on his mind and his heart since before the creation of everything. Is that not amazing? He loves you and he chose you. The third truth is you are adopted. I know that sometimes that seems like uh, startling news to some, but you're adopted by God. So we're blessed by God, we're loved by God, and we're chosen by God. But how does Scripture bring those truths home to us? I got to tell you, I got to pause right here. Uh, Going off notes, so I may have to drop page 236 and 237. I didn't look at the song list for this morning. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this because this is, I'm in awe. I didn't look at the song list this morning. And people are going to be blessed by it. I didn't look at it. Steve called me, told me the news, asked me if I would fill in for him. I said, absolutely. Anything else you need? I didn't even think about the songs. We come this morning, we're rehearsing. And just about every word in these songs is exactly what I'm speaking about. It's orchestrated by God. And I'm thinking, because he has put it together this way, it's got to be those who need to hear it. And so we're sharing. So we're blessed by God. We're loved by God. We're chosen by God. Verse 5 says, he predestined us for adoption into sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. So God decided to adopt us into his family. And how did he do that? He did that by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Now the Bible itself is packed with family terms. God is called father. Jesus is called son. Other family terms include love, Adopted, the word family, belong, and kindness. And all of these terms put together leave little doubt that the way we should picture the church is as a family, the family of God. And although scripture paints a picture of our relationships with one another, and our relationship with God, these relationships are described in family terms, father, mother, children, sons, daughters, adopted. And we often, when we, think, when we hear that, when we think about it, we often bring our earthly family life experiences into the equation. And as sad as it is nowadays, this includes unhealthy or broken homes, 
or fractured or dis dysfunctional relationships that color, like sunglasses, color and shade and cloud our understanding of what the church is to be like. It makes us think, if God is my heavenly father, does that mean he acts like my dad? If you're my church family, does that mean you're going to treat me like my brothers and sisters? No. The fact that we're adopted as God's sons and daughters means that this family should be very different. Because this family is being put together by God himself. Through his son that died for us in his love and his purpose. When he adopted us into his family, it means that he purposely chose you and me. Not by accident, but by act of his will and out of deep, deep love for you and me. God wrapped his arms around you and he said, you belong with me. Doesn't matter where you've been. This is what he's telling you. It doesn't matter where you've been. I love you and I want you to be my child. This family formed by God's adopting us doesn't share DNA like our earthly families, not, you know, hair color, eye color, size, shape. Biology isn't what binds us together. Love is. Love is what binds us together as a family. Love given, love received, love shared. Adoption is all about love. The most beautiful thing of all in this is that God adopted us. Lastly, the last truth in this, in this uh, text that I'd like for us to see is how God feels about all of this. How does he feel about his church? His family. Now, I'm certain that uh, among the fathers that we have in the room today, uh, that you've all had moments of total frustration with your children. If you haven't, see me after the service for, for some pointers. <laughs> yeah, children of all ages, what, I mean, they can be, they can sometimes be inconsiderate, right? They can be undependable. They can be ungrateful. They can throw a wrench right in your plans, can't they? They can find your last nerve, your last nerve, and then invite all their friends over to collectively jump on that last nerve like a trampoline. Um, Okay, let's just say that fathers can get exasperated with their kids. That sounds better, doesn't it? <laughs> when you think about the state of the world that we live in today, filled with sin and rebellion and hatred and violence and arrogance and selfishness, and, and the list just goes on and on. How must God feel about his creation? Even those of us who are born-again believers... How often do we drop the ball? How often do we fall short of his glory 
How often do we look God directly in the eye and like a toddler, just go ahead and do whatever it is we want to do and not what he wants us to do? How does he feel about that? Does he just barely tolerate us until he can whip us into shape? Does he shake his head at us, his children, and just grin and bear us? Does he regret his decision to be so welcoming to one and all? Does he wish he had been more selective about the adoption process? All praise be to God, no. Verse 5, in love, he predestined us for adoption into sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance, now get this, in accordance with his pleasure and will. So there it is. The truth and the reality of God's family, the church. He loves us. He chose us. He adopted us. And he's pleased. It's his pleasure and his will in accordance to. He's pleased to have us in his family. From the younger to the older, to the littlest and least, to the most hurting, and to the vilest offender who truly believes. Are you a believer? Are you a child of God? Are you united and bound to the salvation that is Jesus Christ? This went a lot quicker than I thought. Let me pray for us. Father, uh, take your hand, if you will, and, uh, and touch each heart with, the, with what this message has said. Uh, help us to see that we are your children, that we're all very different. Help us to see that you want us to love one another. Help us to see that you want us to share with one another. Help us to be like you. Help us to embrace our church statement, a family of believers journeying together to be more like Jesus. Help us to do that. God, be with the, these emblems uh, after, this, after our thinking of you. Be with our hearts as we partake of the emblems. Prepare us to uh, commune with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we're going to enter a time of communion. Uh, they'll serve uh, a couple of cups that have... Uh, the bread and the blood that represents God's body or Jesus's body that was broken for the redemption of our sins, the blood. And uh, if you get it, when you get it, just hang on to it. We'd like to take it together as a, as a church family. And uh, I'll come up after, after it's all served. And his blood poured out. Thank you, Father, for uh, the opportunity to serve you. And uh, thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for the gift of your family. 
we, uh, we so look forward to being with you. Just be with us as we part here. Help us to keep in mind who you are and who we are in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. Um, my prayer for you this week, as Steve would say, is, uh, is that you would embrace your church family, become involved, um, help us to love one another, help us to grow and be more like Jesus. Uh, if, if you would, just uh, stand with us, and we're going to close with another song, and uh, have a good week. this one again. Lord, I confess.